Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Garcia, and you're listening to the Rochester Post podcast with Matt Wyatt. Hey, Dr. Garcia, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're really busy, but I appreciate you coming in and, and chatting with me today. Of course. Awesome. So uh, let's just get right into it because you recently joined Frisbee Memorial Hospital as a family medicine practitioner or a PCP, primary care physician, in late se- September. Is that true? Yes, that's right. Awesome. So what brought you to Frisbee? So I... Uh, I took a prolonged maternity leave, actually. I had my daughter about a year and a half ago. Congratulations. Thank you. And I used it as an opportunity to sort of reevaluate where I wanted to be and where I wanted to be working. And I saw that there was an opportunity here in Rochester. And um, I'm familiar with the Rochester community through my husband. He's actually Rochester born and raised. Okay. He was All born right. at Frisbee Hospital. Right. I'm going to want names later. <laughs> <laughs> So um, my all my in-laws, most of my in-laws live here in Rochester. So okay. I've uh, I've come back and forth from to here from where I live in Maine uh, quite a lot over the past yeah. six years, and uh, I could tell it was a great community and uh, reminds me a lot actually of the community I was working in before in rural Maine. Uh, you know, just friendly, hardworking people here. And I decided to check it out. And uh, I interviewed at Rochester Primary Care. Mm-hmm. And I was just so impressed with the team I met there. Really collaborative group and, you know, just really excited to be doing what they do. And, um, you know, from the medical assistants to the nurses to the uh, providers, I could tell that everyone got along really well. And I thought this was a great group of people I'd want to be working with. Awesome. And yeah, I was uh, I was also really impressed with Frisbee. Um, I know healthcare has been through a lot in the last three years. Ugh, um, I know, with COVID mm-hmm. and everything else that's come. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think everywhere is sort of in you know has been in crisis, and we're now just rebuilding out of that crisis. And I think Frisbee's not alone in that process. Definitely, yeah, because I read about it with um, uh, medical institutions all over the country. It's like everybody's kind of reevaluating their services and since COVID especially and figuring out how to provide those services at a, at a, you know, a big level to a lot of different types of people that have different needs. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, and not just that industry, but so many have changed since COVID and it's kind of interesting to see how we all kind of landed, you know, exactly. Yeah. Frisbee's not immune to that for sure. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But you know, when I came here, I could tell that it, you know, they were using it as a good opportunity to grow into something yeah. better. And, uh, and I've been, I've found that that's been the case since I've been there that, you know, when I see things that I think could be better, that I, you know, that the team w- wants to be better, that it happens, you know, uh, and, um, that's, um, that's refreshing, you know, to actually see the, you know, people on the ground floor getting a say and, you know, the thing, the way that things get changed and the yeah. way they become better because that makes it better for the patients in the well, long run. And you're the expert at the end of the day. So <laughs> who should they be listening to? Of course. So it's good to have an environment like that that's collaborative and, and hears you. Mm-hmm. What would you say to a young adult um, or an adolescent um, that doesn't think it's necessarily important to have a primary care physician? And, and why, is, why is it important, um, you know, other than an annual physical, like what is the benefit of having a regular PCP? 
Yeah, it's a great question. And, and I think it's a particularly good question in the wake of the pandemic where people weren't getting preventative care or primary care. I had um, to go to a vet. So <laughs> as you could probably tell by my appearance, that's why it's a podcast, folks. <laughs> Yeah, and it's also um, a relevant question to me since I've had this conversation with my husband uh, on a number of occasions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my answer um, is I, you know, I, I think that that relationship that you build with the primary care doctor or provider is so important. And beyond the physical, you have this touchstone in case something does come up for you, um, whether it's a mental health issue or just something's not going right in your life or you you wake up one day and you're horribly dizzy and you don't really know what to do about it. And you have this person that knows you, that knows your medical history, that you trust, that you've met before, and you can go to that person with, you know, which some, what, what are sometimes sensitive Mm -hmm. topics, especially with things like mental health and substance abuse. Um, so it's nice to have that relationship before something bigger comes up. The other thing is preventative care is what we do in primary care. It's a big chunk of what we do. And what that focuses on is making sure that we're keeping on top of any tests or treatments that you need to do to prevent illness in the future. So that includes things like vaccines um, for women, things like pap smears to um, prevent and screen for cervical cancer. Um, So those are the types of things that we talk to patients about, you know, at all ages that, um, that you might not think of when you're feeling well otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. So your husband's excuse is I'm married to a doctor, so I don't need one. Or what's his deal? Let's he, call him he out. He says that he's he feels <laughs> fine. He doesn't need a doctor. <laughs> well, he's got you at home. So what more could he need? Yeah. So whether a, com- a person is new to the community or just in need of a new primary care physician, how do they go about finding a doctor and what should they keep in mind when looking for one? That's Asking a great, for a friend. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, if you want to move on from your vet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just uh, not working out. I have to cut all the pills and forth, so it's just, it's a lot of work. Um, so I, I usually recommend that people start with their insurance carrier, uh, mm-hmm. just so that you know who's in your network. Um, and then once you have those, uh, those names, you can reach out and see what people's availability are. You know, some practices have, do have longer waits than others. So, um, finding somewhere that you can get in on a more timely, you know, fashion, uh, depending on what, what you need. Um, and then, you know, some of it is just preference. You know, some people would prefer to see a, a woman over a man. So mm-hmm. asking those questions can be helpful. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't even think of that. Yeah. Speaking, I guess, sort of shifting gears, though, both family medicine and internal medicine physicians are primary care, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. They can be, yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the difference between the two? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so in family medicine does um, pediatrics when internal medicine does not. Um, I've also noticed, and this is not inclusive of all, all internal medicine primary care doctors, but I've noticed that more internal medicine doctors are um, don't do as much of the gynecology stuff. So like mm-hmm. pap smears and things they refer out while family medicine is a little bit more comfortable with that. Um, a lot of family medicine uh, providers get uh, obstetrics training, um, which helps with that piece too. So we do offer a certain amount of gynecologic 
procedures, things like, you know, pap smears and IUDs and birth control, things like okay. that. Yeah, good to know. Yeah, I just wasn't sure the difference between them. Uh, when you're reading it, sometimes it's hard to differentiate. But I'm interested in a little bit more about you and how mm-hmm. you even got into this field. I, I often on this podcast will ask people like, whatever possessed you to want to do this? It's such a hard <laughs> job. And you, I mean, you have so much responsibility. Did you always want to be a PCP? Like what pointed you in this direction? When I was in medical school, I loved everything, and I knew that I wanted to do a bit of everything, so that's why being a generalist or family medicine suited me. Then when I was doing my training in Augusta, it was a lot of rural medicine, and uh, and I really loved that. You know, It's like I mentioned before about developing that relationship. I really liked developing those long-term relationships with people, and... I had a teacher that said something to me that really stuck with me over the years that, um, you know, being someone's primary care doctor gives you both the the privilege and the burden of being present for these really intense moments in people's lives. And um, it's it is challenging, as you're saying, but it's also extremely rewarding. Um, mm. So I, I really love what I do. Yeah, sounds like you're in the right place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if you had to switch fields, though, uh, we'll stay in the medical field. <laughs> what kind of position would you be if you had if you had to move on or something or do something new? It's a little bit of a trick answer because it's sort of what I do a little bit now. But I think I'd, I would be a pediatrician. Okay. But I yeah. already I already do a lot of that now. Yeah. Um, but I, I love seeing kids. Because <laughs> you see people of all ages right. in, in your field. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, Frisbee. So you're relatively new to Frisbee as of September. So what, what what might you say to someone that hasn't been there for a while, that's noticed that there's been a lot of changes, maybe they've read some things in the press? What would you say about the sort of the new era that were, is sort of upon us? Yeah, it's there's a lot that has changed. Yeah. Um, and I know it can be scary when things change, especially when a new company comes in and um, is, you know, taking over a familiar community hospital. But mm-hmm. I, I feel that they are, they're working very hard to provide the best patient care possible. And um, they're doing it through providing new services. They're doing it through making just system-based changes that make it easier for patients to have access to care and putting together teams like we have at Rochester Primary Care that works collaboratively together to provide that, you know, that high level uh, patient care for for people. And, and I think it's a growing process. Um, you know, I, I had a similar situation in my last position. Um, I, my last practice, um, I came in not too long after a large, um, uh, a larger company took over a community hospital. So it was very similar. Mm-hmm. And I saw, you know, in the five years that I was there, I saw the way that the practice transformed um, with that. And, it, you know, there were growing pains because that's natural. Um, and it wasn't always easy and, it, you know, it wasn't always perfect. But in the end, you know, it transformed into this really amazing organization and and you know once it was all done you know it was it was this great thing so i think if 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 we can be patient with the growing pains i think it it has the potential to be something really great and i think you know, we have really enthusiastic and hardworking people working towards that right now. Well, I will absolutely second that because I, uh, well, along with our mayor, Paul Callahan, we host an event each month called City Chat, where we um, encourage uh, business owners and people from nonprofits and volunteer groups and, and just everyday citizens to attend and essentially like, you know, spend the morning with the mayor and ask him questions and different things. And um, Frisbee has consistently sent 
doctors and nurses and all kinds of other employees to to attend these meetings. And I've seen so many great conversations spark out of out of that setting. And um, so I absolutely second the enthusiasm that is coming from the staff. It just seems like it's across the board. People are really excited about this sort of new chapter. And I think it's it's a great time to kind of pay attention to what Frisbee's doing and, and where they're going. And things change. So, you know, it's like stay tuned. And we'll, we'll actually have the CEO, Tim Jones, on. And so we'll have that out. So I think people might be interested to hear from him how things have changed, where they're going, and um, and the successes and the failures. Because he's he's been quoted many times very bluntly and transparently about the good, the bad, the ups and downs. And um, I'm excited to have him on and, and grill him. So if you have any <laughs> suggestions or questions that you'd like me to slip into the boss, like I'm happy to do that. And uh, yeah, I hope that uh, you can come back on the show again sometime because this was great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for being here. And uh, like I said, CEO of Frisbee Memorial Hospital will be on the show at a later date. So stay tuned for that. But if you'd like to listen to previous episodes of the podcast, navigate to news.rochesternh.gov. 